Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Welcome along to this, our Friday morning episode. A preview of the weekend to come, and all the football and that. Um, Sam, have you got any big plans for this weekend? I'm going to West Ham Southampton on Saturday, which is the last time game of the season. Oh, right, um, Will it be doing like a lap of appreciation and all that on the new carpet? Uh, I hope so. I used to love the last day of the season when I was a kid at Upton Park. I saw a video clip of it that someone put on the end of the 1988 season today on YouTube, on Facebook. And I was watching it. Stuart Robson was the player of the year. Billy Hammer of the year. Billy Bonds came second. Fucking hell, must uh, have been a good season for Stuart Robson then. He was great when he first arrived at West Ham. But unfortunately, rumour has it, he was one of the most obnoxious men you could ever work with. <laughs> he does media stuff now, doesn't he, still? Yeah, he does. He used to be on TalkSport loads. Yeah. Um, You'd think that wouldn't be the case if he was the complete pin in the arse. But, well, he's you know. extremely self-confident and right. opinionated, which works very well on oh, talk yeah. radio, doesn't it? Yeah, like that kind but, of thing, yeah. Someone told me that on his first day, Jay signed from Arsenal and he was a big signing for West Ham at the time because he was on the verge of the England team. Yeah. And we somehow managed to sign him from Arsenal. And that was quite a big deal. And West Ham were coming off the back of a, a decent season, a couple of decent seasons. It was the era of, you know, Cotty and McAvenny and so forth. And he, he, he turned up and he did his first day's training. And as they're walking off the pitch, he walks up to Alvin Martin. Alvin Martin, of course, was like, he was a real old school captain, like yeah. the hard man, the dad of the group. Do you know what I mean? Like a man yeah. who you would really treat with the utmost respect. And uh, he walked up to him and just went, yeah, that wasn't very good, was it? And Alvin <laughs> went, what? And he went, wasn't very impressive, was it? And he went, what? He went, that training session. I mean, everyone's a bit shit here, aren't they? It's a bit shit. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. He's gone up to the club captain. The really yeah. esteemed England international club captain has said that. On it. Like, Billy Big Bollock's coming from fucking Arsenal. Here's so, my tank. I'm parking it on your lawn. Fucking yeah, get on with exactly. it. But, you know, look, that's just rumour. Stuart Robson's uh, legal team are listening. But anyway, yeah. I used to love it, all that. Like, player of the season announcement, the lap of honour. Now it's just like... It'll be it'll, like if if they do it after the game, they started doing it after the game to stop everyone invading the pitch because everyone used to invade. That's another what, what, thing. What? Why have they outlawed that? Part of the fun of the last day of the season was everyone at final whistle just steaming onto the pitch and ripping up the turf, right? And take a bit of turf home, try and grow <laughs> it out on your windowsill in a little box. That's what I did. And 
Yeah, you just go bananas. But then they took exception to that. And to stop us doing it, they started doing the end of season cer- ceremonies after the game to prevent pitch invasions. Well, and I, I, you know, it's, it, you can't walk on the pitch and just rip some of it up. It's the last day of the season, mate. Yeah, but they're going to put a new pitch down for next season. What's the deal with the pitch they've got? No, come on. You've got to put a new one down for the new season. Why? Well, especially at our place. You you know, in the summer, they'll have all like fucking Depeche Mode and people doing concerts there all summer. Oh, right. That all goes on, does it? Yeah, we have that stadium. Like, we've got the Spice Girls coming next month. Well, there you go. Do you think the stadium and light pitch is going to stand up to all those pissed up girls in stilettos who are turning up to watch the Spice Girls? Put like a wooden board over it, and yeah, everyone stands on the, the wooden pitch. board. Look, either way, know. that's their problem. It's not mine, right? I pay my yeah. season ticket, right? Put a you new think pitch. You're entitled down. to a bit of the pitch. I do. Fuck I do. The amount hell. of money I put into that club at the end of the season, I want my bit of pitch. Right? Fucking hell! And your David Sullivan's, your Karen Brady's of this world are too tight to let us have any. You know, we'll have to find out what happens with the pitch over the summer. We'll have to become like one of those club-specific podcasts that fucking interviews everyone, including the groundsman. Now, this week, we got the groundsman coming along, and we're going to oh. do a, a two-and-a-half-hour chat with the groundsman, asking him questions you've all submitted on the social media. Find First out question is, and- we got Steve, Steve from Ornchurch. Is what type of grass is it, and where does it come from? <laughs> Well, this is actually a Dutch grass. It's a Dutch grass that we have imported. We have it shipped over. And do you know how big... How big do you think the amount of grass we have to order is? I don't know, mate. Well, just guess. I don't know. Well, it's... A ton? Yeah, it's a ton, which is the equivalent of one whole football pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it's amazing. Oh, fucking hell. That's incredible. Is Steve, is the grass, is it green, or do you have to paint the green on afterwards? How does that work? Because <laughs> it's a very, very bright colour of green. It's not like my garden. Well, mm. yeah, the thing is about that, it just it comes from Holland, and they grow it especially over there. I don't yeah. know what the techniques are, but we... we they grow it, it green, because East End grass, as you'll know, is bran, right? <laughs> but Premier, and in the old days, of course, we were allowed to have bran grass, but now, you know, the game's moved on and the Premier League rules are that all the grass has to be green. It's something to do with the television rights. So what we do is we get it grown, especially out in Holland, where they are capable of growing green grass naturally. They send us photos of it every week so I can keep a check on it. I mean, I used to, when I started out working here 25 years ago, I used to work... 15 minutes a day. Now I've got to work for an hour and 15 minutes a day. So I think you can see there how things have changed in the Premier League era. Yeah, in those days, of course, uh, Sir Trevor Brookin used to come out and he used to make us all a cup of tea and he'd bake biscuits for us. And that <laughs> was just the way it was. Along. It was a family club. It was a family <laughs> club. Sometimes Violet Cray would turn up and she'd give <laughs> us a motivational talk, you know. And uh, it was lovely. But times have changed. Times have changed and you've got to move with the times. You're not allowed to kill anyone anymore, for example. We used to love a killing on the last day of the season. You we can't used do to... it no more. <laughs> there was one time when we got rid of the roller and what we did was we got a, a stand-up piano and we put it on wheels and we pushed it around the pitch and we'd have a sing-song while we were flattening the pitch. It's great times. <laughs> it's absolutely great. But, you know, times change. I mean, you know, you're not allowed pianos on pitches anymore. You're not allowed brown grass. 
And I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of the, the uh, how should I put it, the complexions of a lot of the local residents around East End have changed a lot. And I was like, all right, yeah, the interview's over, mate. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is things, you know, you look around no. you, the old East End ain't here anymore. It Some, physically I'm, looks different. Yeah, all right, Sometimes mate. I go down the shops and I don't see a white face. I mean, you know, it's different, <laughs> but I'm not saying okay. it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. All right, cut. I mean, all I'm saying is, fine, if you want to come here, come here. But make sure you can speak the language. All right. This is not what Thanks this is. Thanks for coming in, Steve. <laughs> oh, these things can deteriorate quickly. Really quickly. Really mm. quickly. Oh, right. So uh, I don't know how we got to that. So what are much. your plans for the weekend? I'm going to that. And then I'm hoping to try and see Avengers Endgame with the kids. Yeah. And... Um, and that, and then on Bank Holiday Monday, you know what? I'm doing some socialising. I've invited some people around for lunch. Funny that, isn't That's it? That's lovely. It's mm. lovely. I haven't got any plans whatsoever as yet because I've got two kids. I've got a 15-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son, and they've got absolutely nothing in common. So trying to get yeah. them to do something together is, it's you know, it's like trying to fucking... Uh, fit a cow through the eye of the needle or whatever they said in the Bible. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try and just keep my head down and watch as much football as I can. I had that problem with my kids a little bit, but luckily they both want to see Avengers Endgame because everyone wants to see it, you know? Well, my daughter's already seen it with her mates. My son's not doesn't want to see it because it's three hours long. He hasn't yeah, got the attention span for it, so I have to no go see it myself. To me. The longer the film, the better, because all I do is kick through films anyway. Yeah, yeah, you want a long one, don't you? Of course. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in there, and as soon as the lights go down, that'll be me, out like a light. Lovely. Yeah, good stuff. Mm. I'm going to watch Southend versus Sunderland on Sky on Saturday tea time. Oh, nice. The, the, the culmination of what's been a fucking underwhelming end of the season. Three yeah. wins in the last ten. Uh, playoffs. So what, you're going to be in the playoffs now, are you? We're going to be in the playoffs, yeah. I can't well, no, we can't get automatic promotion because we fucking chucked away a lead at Fleetwood the other night and ended up losing two one to fucking yeah. Joey Barton's team. So it's a humiliation. It's a shame. I mean, it looked like you were going to run away with it at the early part of the season, but you know, it's a tough league. League one's good enough. Tough league, mate. We fucking drawn twenty matches out of 45 so is the tide of opinion turning against Detective Inspector Jack Ross a little bit a little bit yeah a little bit and the thing about Jack Ross is as well he's a very uh, urbane erudite um, you know well spoken kind of fella he's got a a wide vocabulary and that kind of thing's a little bit suspicious to some people It can be annoying. Some, peop- some people don't like that kind of thing. They think, they think they're being patronised or talked down to. Who the fuck so, do you think you are with your fucking with your big, big fucking words? words. Eh? Yeah. What does that mean? Like, come down from Scotland, fucking all well, that. Fancy pants twat. So there's a little bit of that, I think, as well. But there's also the fact that we haven't fucking scored enough goals or kept enough clean sheets, but there you go. That's football. Yeah. Speaking of football, should we do some predictions? Yeah, let's do it. We've got, um, I mean, you're 11 points clear at the top of the league and we've got mm. two weekends of football left. Yeah. So it looks like it's in the bag. This is, this is crucial for me right now. I need to get five correct score lines right now. Are you going to be trying to predict directly from the gut now? Yeah. Don't use your yeah. brain, just I've use your to. gut. I've got to. Yeah, I've mm. got to. All right, first one, Saturday 12.30, Bournemouth versus Spurs. You can go first. Bournemouth nil, Spurs one. 
Bournemouth nil, Spurs one. Um, Spurs, Bournemouth, Spurs. Fuck two one Spurs. Results, but of course says one nil. Wolves versus Fulham. Wolves versus Fulham. Oh, three nil to Wolves. Um, I'm going to mirror that. I'm afraid three nil to Wolves. Oh. Can I change mine? No. No, you can't. That's why we alternate. <laughs> Huddersfield versus Manchester United Sunday, two p.m. Um, Huddersfield nil. United three. Huddersfield one, United two. Jesus Christ, this is tense. This is tense. Fourth one, Arsenal versus Brighton, Sunday, 4.30pm. I'm going to go first here. I'm going to go for 3-1 Arsenal. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. Okay. Finally, Monday evening. Bank holiday Monday. Manchester City versus Leicester City. Oh, it's a tough one to predict. I'm going to say... Man City 2, Leicester 1. I'm going to say Man City 2, Leicester 0. There we are. The predictions are now... There we go. We'll see what happens there. We'll be back on. Well, we'll be back on Monday with an episode, and we won't actually know the outcome of all those results because City Leicester won't have played by then. So there could be a bit of additional well, tension. That could be an extra bit of tension. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. We'll see. You know what we should do? Um, one of these days, we should do some bits of the show as live. So we won't do it live, live, but mm. we'll record an episode and then we'll watch a game and yeah. we'll record just five minutes of uh, of live commentary on the game and then yeah. drop it in later. I'm sure that'll be fascinating. Uh, yeah, we could do something like that with a, with a match. We could we could sit, get, get together and fucking point a, a video phone at us and live yeah. commentate the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. And then you can, the you, can violence wa- you can watch the game at home, switch yeah. the volume down on your TV set, and we will tune commentate. into our live stream, and there you go. Yeah. And you Brilliant. can communicate with us live as well, and we will answer your questions. Yeah, we'll do that, probably. <laughs> we'll, do, we, well, I'm away for the FA Cup final. I think going to well, see Isla do, White with the boy. Let, let's do it for the Eurovision Song Contest instead. Then. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I think that might be the same weekend. Ah, oh, as the cup enough. final. Fair yeah. enough. We'll do the Champions League, maybe. Oh, Whatever. should we talk about we'll the Champions League? Yeah, that was um, that was all right, wasn't it? Unless you're a cool. Liverpool fan or a Spurs or, fan. Or a Spurs fan. I thought Ajax were... Spurs, if anything, did well to come away from it just 1-0 down because that yeah, gives them a, d- a decent, decent chance. Yeah, first 15, 20 minutes, I thought they're going to get battered here. Ajax are unreal. Then Ajax yeah. sort of like just gave up possession a little bit, but Ajax will be gutted. They should have come away 2-0 up. 
because Spurs have got a chance now. Although it'll be hard because their fans are amazing, the Ajax fans, aren't they? And it'll yeah. be, it'll be. Uh, I think it's fair to say it'll be a cauldron atmosphere over in Amsterdam. Yeah, I don't want to see either Spurs or Liverpool get through because I want to see a Barcelona Ajax final. I think that's, that's what it's going to be. I, I think so. that Liverpool were a bit unlucky yesterday because they dominated a huge part of the game. But fucking hell, Messi! I mean, that free kick is one of the best free kicks I've seen. It was unreal. It got a, it, it got a nick off the defender though on the wall. Got a nick off oh, Gomez. Did it? Oh. Yeah, oh, a slight shit, one. It just then. took it up a little bit, but even so, you know, thirty-five yards out, fucking hell. The other um, thing is, is that you sort of sit there and you're thinking, fucking hell, I've been watching Messi do this for like what feels like 15 years, like him yeah. dismantling British clubs in the Champions League. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like how many times it's happened? It's just like he's been around forever now and there's yeah, you, no sort of, there's no let up in, in, in no, the quality of his game. No, there's not, is there? No, not at all. I, I mean, mean, it was classic him yesterday because he didn't even play. He didn't even like. He wasn't really involved in the game much, and then all of a sudden, bang! Yeah, I mean, I watched. I watched Barcelona clinch the league title, La Liga title, last weekend, yeah. and they normally do the thing where they present the trophy, and it's the whole team together, and they all, you know, form a couple of lines and lift it up, and that, and the captain lifts it. Uh, Messi lifted it by himself, away from the rest of the team. I think they're obviously set them going, you go and get it, because he's basically dragged them yeah. to the league this season. It's basically your good. title, yeah. Yeah, they haven't been that good. He's, he's easily the cut above that's got them there. But, uh, some football chat there. Some actual football, football chat for you there. Football chat! A um, couple of emails. Uh, Michael <clears throat> Harrington's been in touch with an email entitled Dads Being Dicks. In response to your request for dad things, <laughs> I have two. They are short <clears throat> to medium. One. If people rang the house phone, my dad would answer in a posh voice, Hello, Harrods of Knightsbridge. <laughs> oh, you prick. <laughs> the amount of times he caught out my mate, 16 to 19, doing a high-pitch apology saying, Sorry, sorry, wrong number. I love it that they actually <laughs> fell for it every time. Two, my dad used to get pissed off with me wanting a rubber ring every year on holiday and then popping it in two visits. In the end, he brought a tractor in a tube and a car in a tube. They lasted <laughs> bloody years, but I always stank of rubber after the beach. <laughs> well, you need a bloody rubber ring. I'll get you a proper rubber ring. Put that on. Yeah. What's that? Oh, don't make me wear that. It's rubbish. Not bloody rubbish. It's a proper bloody solid rubber ring now. Go on, stick That's it on what- you. It's all you're getting. It's one of the things. It's one of the things where you'll smell something and it just takes you straight back to your childhood. Yeah, when every smells Stinking rubber. Of rubber. God, uh, Gary Colley has been in touch again with is our that uh, SAS man. SAS man, yeah. yeah. So this is part five from Gary. He says, although SAS duties, wag servicing, and porn film acting could be described as lawful activities, the lads in the pub were concerned that our community bullshit as other pursuits could land them in trouble with the police. Thankfully, he put our minds at rest. The triads were using a loophole in UK law in order to <laughs> in order for him to continue working as an enforcer. He'd been born on the 29th of February during a leap year, so was technically of primary school age. <laughs> <laughs> like dog years, sort of, yeah. but in reverse. So the CPS were therefore unable to prosecute for anything other than the most serious crimes. It was back to the woods when one of the lads reminded him that a couple of years ago his parents held a barbecue for his birthday over an August bank holiday weekend. 
<laughs> Back to the woods. Reset. Back to the woods with you, mate. Bloody hell, he was getting to the stage where he was having to reset once a week, poor bastard. Yeah. Sounds good, though. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Jalapeño. Weird email uh, I need from... to thank so many people who've tweeted in uh, a news without news suggestion, oh, yeah. which unfortunately is from early 2018, and all of the news without news stuff is brand new and topical, so this doesn't qualify. But it's good. I'll is give this you the anyway. Freemason one. Yeah, former yeah. Freemason 51 found drunken naked inside a huge pipe organ with a toy gun and remote controlled police car. Says he got lost while trying to hand out cheeseburgers to the homeless. <laughs> so much to unpack there. Great news about news, but it wouldn't get a high mark because the whole story's there. Exactly, it's yeah. It's such a long headline. They do these long headlines for SEO purposes, but it, they discourage click clicking to me. Unless you did have a photograph of him emerging naked from inside the pipe organ, uh, you know, like Saddam Hussein coming out the spider yeah, hole. Yeah, That'd be good, but I, I don't know. Probably not. Someone uh, has said that a couple of people have been saying they miss news thing which was the little podcast we did last year. Yeah. Uh, basically yeah. in response to my TV show news thing being cancelled for geopolitical reasons. Rested. It hasn't been yeah. cancelled, Sam. It's been rested. Yeah, it's been rested. So we, we turned it into a podcast for, I don't know how many episodes it ran for. And in the end, we thought, fuck that. We're covering all this. We cover whatever topics we want to on Top Flight Time Machine anyway. Yeah. We don't want to be obliged to be talking about the news because if not, you're just talking about fucking Brexit every week. It's depressing. Yeah. Yeah. We're and, doing and this just, to help distract you from the fucking news. Yeah. Anything. It would just end up being like this in the football sense that we don't fucking talk about football. So yeah. what's the point? So, you know, just consider this news thing. I don't know why people think there's a distinction between it. Basically, it's me <laughs> and Andy just fucking... It's just a big cry for help, right? <laughs> Call it what you want. And... um but people fondly remember the, the the favourite bit seems to be when I nearly had to become a sky murderer yes. with Charlie Seeger, the Liverpudlian contract killer. And yes. it was it was based on that guy, I think, on the Suffolk coast who who was who was um what do you call it, paragliding above holiday goers and shouting fuck <laughs> off to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know we why I'm talking that, we, we- we we put that one out as a time machine episode as well though. Oh right, as a bonus okay. to try and attract yeah. listeners over to news thing or something. I don't know. 
Long time ago. Anyway, forget about the new thing. It's not coming back. You know, yeah, it might. It. It, you know, I know it's that Jeremy Hunt, the Foreign Secretary today, has been railing against um, RT again, right? Going, oh, it's a, it's a weapon of disinformation and all of this. <laughs> And I was quite pleased in a way because, not that I give a fuck either way, and I think it's ridiculous that people get so excited about RT because I know from painful experience, fuck all people watch that channel. It's a channel that's <laughs> well known. It's a channel that's well known for just being like occupied by cranks and conspiracy theorists. It's not like people tune in thinking, hmm. It's not like the BBC <laughs> are doing this shit and you're like, oh, I'm going to tune in for this sober news coverage. Every fucker who does tune in, and there's not many of them, thinks, ha, I'm going to tune in because this is that mad Russian channel just makes shit up, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, but the thing is, is that it did used to stress me out. Like, you know, when I first started doing that show it was sort of like yeah this is just some small channel no one's ever heard of it they're willing to let me do a show with all my mates where we just swear and fuck about right so yeah. i'll do it but then by the end after a couple of years it actually built up a notoriety and obviously <laughs> i felt very every time a politician started talking about it as if it made me feel that because i'm you know as we talked on on last on the podcast earlier in the week i'm a natural panicker I'm given to high states of anxiety very quickly. So, for instance, I was worried all the time. Oh, fucking hell. I'm not, like, worried in in as much as maybe we shouldn't be associated with this channel for my own ethical reasons. It was more that I I would convince myself that I was going to be tried as some sort of Russian spy. Just You're familiar with my show because you used to work on it, right? And it would have been hard for anyone to have established, you know to have really accused us the people who made that show of doing anything to assist the russian state considering that all we did was like well i can't really remember i mean it was a lot of me singing with people like alexander o'neill and ken livingston Ken Livingston, yeah, of course, and then swearing a lot so anyway it used to stress me out though and i remember on the night of the salisbury poisoning i came home and i was in a terrible mood because i just heard it on the radio and my missus was like What's what's the matter? And I was like, oh, what do you mean, what's the matter? Haven't you heard the news? As if she should just know instinctively. And she went, what news? I went, well, the fucking Russians are bloody poisoned to someone. They're fucking Novichok in Salisbury. I'm she went, up in the middle of it. She went, she, well, literally, that was what I was like. She was like, what's that got to do with you? I said, well, what do you mean it's got to do with me? I've got two years old in Russia today. Obviously, it's all going to bounce back on me. She went, for fuck's sake, Sam, there's someone dying from chemical weapons, right? The Foreign Secretary's talking about it. There are a lot of other factors and people and individuals involved in this way beyond it gets to you. It's not fucking Tinker Taylor Soldier Sam. That was a <laughs> most memorable line. And I look back now and I think, yeah, I was being a daft cunt, but when I was in the eye of the storm, I did think, oh, I thought just selfishly, just selfishly, what about me? How's this going to affect me? And now when I see that Jeremy Hunt's coming out and saying, you know, he started on them again, I just feel, I, I don't know, relieved, happy, sort of happy to not be tainted not be by any of that, that anymore. pressure and just having to sit in your bedroom and do podcasts with me remotely well, I guess we, five we, times a week. We get, to sw- we get to sweat just as much, if not more. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got more. F- We're getting people to we, give us money for it. We've got more freedom it. of expression rather than Putin. Yeah paying my wages it's now the cunters which feels a lot better yeah it feels, feels a, lot a lot better, better. yeah and uh yeah so all's well that ends well i suppose is what i'm saying i can't remember why i got onto it oh well 
just no. to say on it, we uh, actually it wasn't on that. It was on Talk Sport. We said last year, we said we tried to establish what the best bit ever was in any film ever. The best bit from anything. Yeah. Someone's got in touch. Said, did you ever work out the best bit of any film? I remember yours was the bit that we spoke about recently in the Lightly, had, the Lightly Lads movie, which at the time yeah. I hadn't seen. But as you know, I have subsequently seen and have fallen in love with a deep, deep love of that film. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said it was the bit where Luke Skywalker's about to have to walk the plank in Return of the Jedi, but then he jumps that, he does a somersault, and R2-D2 fires yeah. his lightsaber out of the top of his head, and Luke, Luke yes. catches it and then just beats the fuck out of everyone. And I'm like, that's probably the best bit. Um, and then, but then... We want best bits of everything, though, not just films, best bits best of, bit of life. life. Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. You don't, you don't need to give us an answer now. It's for the cunt right. What's the, the best bit that's in. ever happened? Cobbler Bob has been in touch. Yet. In, Surely it's the bit in Sex in the City 2 where Charlotte shits herself while wearing a white dress. I, I don't, that's, oh, That does I've sound good, that. but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Does it? Um... I've got a story right. here. I've got a story here about a hole. If yeah. you'd like to hear that, this is from uh, James Cunter. James, he calls nice. himself. Um, after fi- about fifteen years ago, me and my mate Adam went home for the summer from university, and were bored. Uh, we decided to find something to do outside. Rummaging in his dad's shed, we found two shovels. We both knew instantly what we needed to do: dig as big a hole as we can and see what happens. I like that. Clearly, his dad wouldn't be best pleased to have his garden dug up, so we decided to retrace our old walk to school, which passed through oh, yeah. some woods. We found, an, we found an appropriate looking area and started digging. We hadn't factored the possibility we may look weird yeah. doing this and or a bit dodgy. So after about an hour, we had the smart idea to purchase some yellow high-vis that jackets. That is a really smart idea. <laughs> That's yeah. genius. This proved to be a masterstroke as all of a sudden the angry glares we received from runners and dog walkers earlier in the day magically became friendly nods and hellos. A couple of elderly dog walkers even stopped for a long chat and offered to bring us tea. <laughs> <laughs> we gave the explanation of being engineers working for a well-known telecommunications company. Our answers were pretty unconvincing, but they seemed happy to buy it. It's amazing how a cheap high-vis jacket can make you look official and approachable. We're engin- we ended up... Hello, we're engineers working for a telecommunications <laughs> company. What? You can tell that's by what, our high-vis jackets. That's why we're digging this hole. We're going to put the internet in it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put some fresh internet in it. <laughs> he says... He says, we ended up with a six-foot-deep hole around four-foot wide, which we could both stand in and conceal ourselves if we ever needed to hide in the future. <laughs> we decided that was sufficient digging for one day and went to the pub with the promise of returning the next day to finish the job. I can't remember what that job was. We fleetingly believed we'd see another country if we dug far enough. <laughs> he says, every few years we revisit the hole and reminisce. To this day, it is one of my best achievements and proudest moments. If more people had this hobby, the world would be a better place. And I can't no, disagree, I can't with, disagree that. with it. I mean, if I like the way that he's quite specific about the dimensions of the hole. And if mm. you um, want to uh, get in touch and tell us uh, or send us what I'd like is um, what do you call them? Like blueprint sketches, architectural sketches. Yeah. With, yeah, proper with ones. With all of your, uh, with all of your stuff, all of the measurements of the hole, because I'm quite interested in that. The best hole I think I've seen is by. I mean, it's not really the best. It, I, I like an old school hole. 
like just one that's been dug, dug with dessert spoons out out the, the front spoon. of your house, yeah. a spoon hole, I call it. But in terms yeah. of in terms of high tech holes, <laughs> are you familiar with the YouTuber Colin Furs? I well, am not. Look him up, right? He's come. You might right. find him a bit annoying, right? Because his personality, I suppose, <laughs> okay. isn't for everyone. But he is a former plumber from. Uh, I think he's. I think he's in Peterborough or something. But anyway, he he uh, yeah. he 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 basically started inventing weird shit. It's a little bit like Top Gear type thing where he's invented weird, you know, kind of last of the summer wine style vehicles made out of stuff just in his yeah. home. And he got more and more elaborate in the things he made, and he started putting them on YouTube, and his channel became so enormous that now it's his full time job. Very much like our story, only whereby he's quite skilled at <laughs> yeah. making elaborate things. We just sit and talk shit to each other like this. Talk shit. But yeah. anyway, I yeah. interviewed him once he came on my radio show, which is a funny story as itself because, um, you know, the production, as you might remember on my talk radio show, sometimes it was lacklustre. And I say that knowing yeah. that my old colleagues from talk radio show will be listening. And you know who you are, yeah. and you know exactly what you did, you dickheads. You were always making didn't do. just terrible yeah. mistakes. Like, just yeah. real, like, rudimentary stuff. Like, uh, who was it? Uh, you know, like, Andy Burnham, quite a big-name politician. He's the mayor of Manchester, isn't yeah, yeah. he? Mm. One time they go, you know, what happens when you're doing live radio and everything's moving very quickly, as you know, like sometimes you rely on a producer to just put information in front of you very quickly if something's just happened and you just need to you're in yeah. the middle of talking to one person and they hand you a bit of paper and you just need to turn and trust in your producer that whatever is written on the piece of paper is what's supposed to go out on air yeah. and i go i'm delighted to say now to pick up further on that story i'm joined by former education secretary and mayor of manchester ed burnham there's a long fucking pause, and Andy Burnham goes, mm, it's Andy shit. Burnham, actually, right? Yeah, I'm Andy Burnham, I'm the, the famous, famous politician. politician. I thought this was supposed to be a legit radio show. What are you, some sort of fucking clown? Why are you, an amateur? <laughs> anyway, that was the sort of thing that happened. <laughs> a podcast. That was the sort of thing that happened on a daily basis. But then another producer said to me one day, I said, right, who have we got on today? She's going through all of the fucking <laughs> guests we've got. She went, oh, and we've got a really good guest in the final half hour. I go, oh, really? Who is it? Well, you said you, you wanted more sort of business entrepreneur people on the show. I said, yeah, I think the listeners are into that. Well, I've made a brilliant booking. I have booked the inventor of YouTube. And I was like, what? <laughs> Sir John YouTube? Sir John YouTube. Sir John YouTube, but here. Was, that happened in 1862. He can't still be alive. talk radio in the flesh or just on the phone or a hologram. Um, no, he, she went, no, he's here. He's here. And I said, he's coming in here, the inventor of YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fair enough. I'll look forward to that. So I keep plugging it in the show. We're joined later on in today's show by the inventor of YouTube. He comes in. It's Colin first. He's an inventor off of YouTube. So she'd missed out one off. (laughs) Oh, shit. So he comes in. I thought, this cunt didn't invent YouTube. I could tell just by looking at him. (laughs) He was dressed. He's got a bit of a a a bumpkin accent. I thought you didn't fucking invent YouTube, mate. <laughs> I built it. There was a hole in the in the woods near where I live, and it was full of fresh internet. So I just took I it thought, out. 
and they re it. No one's it, using this. And now you I might as well do something useful yeah. with it. So I just reweighted it, and then I got a YouTube out of it. So I just put it up there. You know what I mean? Check, you know, it caught up. You know, some of these things do, don't they? I mean, I've had lots of businesses in the I past that haven't gone well, but this one did. Yeah. So anyway, it's gone from strength to strength, hasn't it? <laughs> everyone loves it. Um, you got the cooking videos on there, haven't you? You got you, yeah. you got the people Stuff falling down cars, the escalators, dogs. all that stuff. Yeah, great. Don't have any porn on though. I might try and get some porno on there, but I'd put like a warning up or something, maybe. If you look at his YouTube channel, he's got quite a lot of good <laughs> things that he's made, but my son has got, got really into it. Really, really into it. It's Basically, it's perfect right. for a seven-year-old boy because he's okay. quite wacky and he does sort of dangerous things, you know. But my favourite right. thing was he decided to build a reverse beach hut. So rather than the beach hut, being above ground, he simply dug a fucking massive hole, which we all do at the beach. First thing yeah. I do, I don't know about you, first thing I do when I get to the beach in Shanklin every year is I get my spade and I just start digging. Digging so hole. Yeah, of course. And uh, but really, there's no purpose to it because as we've discussed before, why should there be a purpose to a hole? It, the, the hole is the purpose in itself. It just is. So, But this guy, he dug this hole. He dug a hole and then built down into it a three-floor beach hut that you accessed via right. a wooden trap door. <laughs> and on one yeah. floor, he had a little table and chairs where you could sit and have a cup of tea. On another floor, yeah. I think he had, like, some sort of washing <laughs> facility. And on the bottom floor, he had all his equipment, you know, buckets and spades and balls and all of that. Fucking hell. It was nice. fucking amazing. And as a whole man myself, yeah. I was like, respect. That is some great hole-digging. Good stuff. Yeah. So look it up. I might share it so on what's Twitter. He called? He's called Colin Furs. Yeah, Furs is spelled F U R Z E. Just thinking out loud while we while you're talking there, I'm just thinking we're going to do some live shows mm. soon, and I think part of one of our live part of live shows is going to be uh, an exclusive interview with Sir John YouTube because yeah. I think we need to know more about <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> Definitely. Well, he could join us on Satellite Link Up. What just on stage? Yeah. We'll have it. We'll have interviews with John Fanny Powder and everybody. <laughs> Tickets on sale you know, soon, but you've got to be an IFS counter to get advanced tickets. Do you know what we should notices. do? We should do, um, maybe as a separate show on Element in our show, our own version of Dragon's Den with all of the different business yeah. people who we've featured on the show. So you'd have yeah. John Fanny Powder, stuff. Sir John YouTube, <laughs> and all the other fuckers. I can't remember who the other people were. But, and, they, and, then, and then maybe counters can pitch their business ideas to them. We could have yeah, George Lucas there, stuff. couldn't we? Because he's like a businessman. <laughs> we yeah. could. Let's, let's stop having creative meetings in the middle of podcasts yeah. and talk about it another time. Right, that's all we've got time okay. for, Sam, unfortunately. I'm going to leave you with some news yeah. without news, though. And two of them, at least two of them, kind of tie in to what we've been talking about earlier. Spookily. Mm. Here we go. Are you ready? Will found off Norway's coast, believed to be spying for oh, Russia. Yeah, I've seen this story. Um, well, I did click on it, so ten, I suppose. I mean, obviously, I suspected right. it was Mil- it was a Millwall thing, but I'm still looking into it. Yeah, mm. but it's not. Fucking hell, they're all tied in with stuff that we've done because this next one's kind of a bit like your, your inventor man, uh, man with a disco shed on his head stalks the city streets. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and finally, this is my favourite from the week. Mexican man traps himself in a hole dug to spy oh, on his ex. Oh, ten. <laughs> Have you got a Google alert for the word hole? Well, yeah, <laughs> you won't believe what comes up. <laughs> there we are, an- another hugely successful week of Top Flight Time mm. Machine. Thanks for listening and sticking with us. We love you all. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe uh, good- to the uh, I Am Violin Society and make all your dreams come yeah, true. Give us money yeah, and uh, keep this thing going and we'll be back after the Bank Holder Weekend. Have so a good I'll one. do another Bye-bye. one of my poetic it, like playouts. I oh, think fuck. We, oh, are, yeah, all I right. think we are I'll learned just go. something that summer. And he learned that maybe he didn't have to work so hard and he needed to stop and look around once in a while at the flowers and the lake and listen to the bees buzzing. And Sam learned that there was more to life than just digging. Andy? All right. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.